And this has been an incredible recruiting week for the University of Miami football team. I mean, the commitments just won't stop. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Make sure you hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and whether you're watching audio or listening to video or wait, listening to audio and watching video. Either way, make sure you subscribe to our channel. What an exciting week in recruiting. So the latest that Miami lands, Thursday afternoon, you get another verbal commit from another four-star player, athlete Robert Stafford. Welcome to the U out of Melbourne, Florida. Now listed as an athlete, in case you're wondering what position is he going to play, he's going to play cornerback at the University of Miami. He chose Miami ultimately over his other four finalists in his top five. He chooses Miami over Arkansas, Georgia, Oregon, and Kentucky. So Miami was in very good company there. So what I love about Robert Stafford, when you consider his football background and his overall athletic background, this is one of those players with a ton of potential who's a four-star commit, I think with room to become even greater than that. So uh, he just recently, at the high school level, made the switch from wide receiver to cornerback. So he's still learning an entirely new side of the football and a new position and projecting extremely high in that. He and those around him uh, decided that he projects out as a collegiate player uh, better as a cornerback than he would as a wide receiver. And so remember something, guys. With the coaching staff that the Miami Hurricanes have, we trust these coaches to develop guys like this who have limited experience at the position that they're about to play. This young man, Robert Stafford, is in very good hands with the likes of Jamil Adai coaching the defensive backs, Kevin Steele coordinating that defense. And like, I don't want to talk about, you know, Robert Stafford as if this is like some diamond in the rough who's not already good. Like he's already an incredibly good cornerback, an incredibly good football player. I'm just saying for a guy who hasn't been playing the position very long, they can get a lot more out of him. Okay. So you look at his size and dimensions, uh, five foot 11, about 170 pounds. He's listed at 171. So, you know, he's going to get in the strength program. He's going to put some meat on his bones. The height is fine, but. What makes this player special, not only his track speed, but his incredible vertical leap. That's what's going to help him making plays on the football. And of course, it's going to help him cover tall receivers. This is a very athletic player, a tri-sport athlete at the high school level, also has played basketball and run track in high school. He's the 61st overall ranked player in the class of 2023. He's the 12th ranked athlete in the class and so this is within the past five days this is the third four star that the miami hurricanes have landed so miami's recruiting class now for those who track this you track the rankings miami's recruiting class with the arrival of stafford is now ranked number 20 in the country less than a week ago miami's class was ranked number 44 so that's momentum <laughs> That's when we talk about how, you know, we said this on yesterday's episode and some people were questioning it. Uh, you know, I mentioned Miami is trending towards a top five class in the country. 
they absolutely are. Now, got a long way to go, folks, between now and early signing day in December and late signing day in February. So, you know, things can keep getting more and more positive as I expect them to. Or if you have a, a bad football season, you could get decommits, God forbid. Uh, but Miami is trending towards a top five class in the country. So within the past five days, we've seen the commitment of blue chip four-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, blue chip four-star wide receiver Ray Ray Joseph, and now you get Robert Stafford all committing between Sunday and Thursday. And within the past week and a half, if you want to go a little bit farther back, you can also add a trio of three stars, upper end three stars, quarterback Emery Williams. We'll talk more about him because he and Rashada both finished up the Elite 11 finals. Uh, Three-star tight ends, Reed McKeska and Jackson Carver. You got to love both of their size, man. Six foot five and a half and six foot six, respectively. And, you know, if we if we look into the future, okay, and, you know, we're we're talking here on Friday, July 1st, early in the day. We are probably going to have another episode later this afternoon, by the way, probably more than likely, because we're trying to lock down a conversation with one of our recruiting experts, John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated, who joins us weekly. Uh, John's been traveling for Elite 11, so we're going to try to catch up with John a little bit later today. We'll put out another episode for that once we catch up with John Garcia. But you talk about the way Miami's recruiting class is trending. You have a couple of big announcements coming up later on tonight, okay? We're going to get an announcement from defensive end Jackson Howard, and we're going to get an announcement out of tight end Riley Williams. Now, with Riley Williams, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about these guys now uh, because maybe when a lot of you listen to this, it might be after they both make their announcements. But I'll go on record as saying I am absolutely expecting Riley Williams to commit to Miami, the tight end, which would cap off a gigantic tight end class. And I think it's about 50-50 for Jackson Howard and Jackson Howard also has to decide uh, depending on which school he goes to, if he's going to play tight end or defensive end, Miami is recruiting him as a defensive end. But as far as the coming weeks go, uh, my prediction is I am expecting that Miami at some points throughout this summer will land at least two five-star players in this class likely one of the five-star offensive tackles and one of those Francis Maui Goa is going to be announcing on Monday, the 4th of July. Miami is among his finalists. I also feel pretty good about Samson Okunlola, who's another five-star. So I think Miami's going to land one of the five-star tackles. I think Miami's going to land five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown, who I feel very confident in. You could possibly land a five-star corner in Cormani McLean as well. So if Miami were to land two or even three of those five stars, we could very well end up with a top five recruiting class. I just wanted to put that out there in the universe. I always want to put this out there in the universe that betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So, 
you, you talk about the good shape Miami is in in recruiting. Miami Hurricanes had two quarterbacks competing in the Elite 11 finals, Jaden Rashada and Emery Williams. And I can't mention Emery Williams enough, guys, by the way, because anyone, when, when he committed to Miami, they're like, oh, well, just a three-star. I don't know if I'm that excited about him. And then Rashada came in, so I don't really care about Emery Williams. Don't have that attitude. Emery Williams is an excellent quarterback, great size, great height, strong arm. He's ascending through the ranks. A lot of people just didn't know about him because he's from Milton, Florida. You're probably asking, where the heck is Milton, Florida? I had no idea until Emery Williams came around, right? It's over in the Florida panhandle. Um, he's starting to get recruited or was starting to get recruited a lot more once Miami showed interest in this player. Uh, so I'm looking through at, at 247sports.com, the Elite 11 final quarterback rankings. So how did they stack up the two Miami Hurricanes commits? The only school, by the way, with two quarterback commits in the Elite 11 finals. That's the U, baby. How did they stack up Jaden Rashada, and how did they stack up Emory Williams? Now, the number one quarterback that they ranked on that list was uncommitted Dante Moore. Now, we've, before the Rashada and Williams commits, we did have some conversations about Dante Moore as a Miami target. He's obviously he's not going to come to Miami now, uh, so we'll see where Dante Moore ends up. But he was, uh, they, they said he's just about flawless in every setting. So Dante Moore, excellent prospect, no doubt about that. Their number two performer was Oklahoma commit Jackson Arnold, basically saying he was kind of neck and neck with Dante Moore. It was very hard to pick between the two. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma over the years, even though Lincoln Riley is no longer there, they've done a really good job recruiting quarterbacks lately, of course. Uh, their number three was USC commit Malachi Nelson. Number four, watch out for this one because he's in the ACC, Clemson commit Christopher Vizina. Uh, number five is Pittsburgh commit Kenny Minchie. Number six, they ranked uh, Baylor commit Austin Novasad. Number seven, they ranked Iowa State commit J.J. Cole. I was a little surprised to get this far and not see Jaden Rashada's name. I'm going to be honest with you, but let's keep going. Uh, uncommitted number eight, Avery Johnson. And then finally, well, not finally, because there's a couple more after that, but number nine, you get to University of Miami commit Jaden Rashada. Here's what they wrote about Jaden's uh, Elite 11 finals at 24-7 Sports. They said, we had high expectations for Rashada coming in and still really like him a lot as a prospect. He flashed at different times, and today was probably his best overall day. He was among the leaders in the target competition and made some really nice throws during the seven versus seven. Saying that, he never looked fully comfortable or like himself. He admitted as such after the camp, saying the stress of the last couple of weeks got to him and having some time to clear his head a bit and unwind will be a good thing for him. In terms of his ceiling and pure arm talent, we still think he's a top five quarterback in this year's class. So, okay, I interpret that, interpret that as, you know, we do have to remember that these are human beings and these are high school kids. So Jaden Rashada over the last couple of weeks and like I'm, I'm not making excuses for his Elite 11 performance because, first of all, he still performed very well. And uh, and even 24-7, they're still saying we don't think he quite looked like himself. He's still a top-five quarterback. But you hear what Jaden said and the consideration that they put in there. When you talk about the last couple of weeks, making your final decision as to where you're going to commit, 
that takes a lot of mental and emotional energy and something I was made very well of, very well aware of about Jaden Rashada's recruitment was this isn't a case where he's had his mind completely made up for weeks or months and he knew he was coming to Miami far from it. This was a really difficult decision for him that came basically right down to the wire, at least right down to the final week, right? Because uh, well, probably the final weekend, because I don't think he truly had his mind made up until he made his a uh, little over a week ago. I think it was this previous Thursday when he arrived at the U to make his official visit. I think he decided early that weekend, right? And then announced on Sunday. So it was a couple of days prior to that. He was torn in a bunch of different directions. I think at a certain time, he was definitely favoring Florida. If you go back about a month, he might have been favoring Oregon. So the decision itself, I think, was difficult and emotionally taxing for Rashada. And then the other part of it was there's been some weird vibes the last several days with people talking about, oh, he sold out for money because you had those reported numbers about, oh, Florida offered him, you know, Florida Collective offered him. 11 million and Miami collective offered him nine and a half million and people accusing him of like, I mean, first of all, um, NIL is happening all over the country, not just with Jaden Rashada. And second of all, we talked about this a couple of days ago, but if you didn't watch that episode, I will reiterate. I did some digging on those numbers, the reported Miami number, the reported Florida number. I was told in no uncertain terms, completely false fantasy numbers was not offered 11 million by any Florida Gators collective was not offered nine and a half million by life wallet or anybody that listen. I'm sure he's going to make bank in NIL. Cause that's just what happens with top quarterbacks, right? Top court arch Manning is going to be making tons of money, right? To play football uh, with the Texas Longhorns. NIL is a reality. It's here. It's not going anywhere, but I was told in no uncertain terms, Nine and a half million, 11 million, ludicrous numbers. I'm not going to speculate on what the real numbers were, but nine and a half, 11 million, complete uh, falsehood. It just didn't happen. And I know that some of the backlash that came from those false reports over the last couple of days, I'm sure was weighing heavily on him. But bottom line, preparing him for life, okay? Because, you know, you're going to arrive you know, on campus 2023. You know, at some point, I believe he will be the starting quarterback at the University of Miami, whether that happens his first year, second year, third year on campus. We will find out at some point he's going to be the starting quarterback for a major college program with a lot of eyes on him. You know, you learn how to deal with this sort of stuff and this sort of attention now so you can handle it better later. Um, their number 10 ranked performer at Elite 11 was uh, Zane Flores, Oklahoma State commit. Their number 11 was Purdue commit Ricky Collins. Now, even though even though Emory Williams didn't make their cut on the 11 top performers, they did have some very nice stuff to say about Williams, the other Miami commit. They said Miami commit Emory Williams is another player who could have made our top 11. He had a great showing during the target competition and was very steady throughout the week. And I think that this young man, now that he's going to have a lot more eyes on him, Emory Williams, is going to start getting a lot more attention when he plays that senior season coming up at Milton High School in the Florida Panhandle. And folks, on a side note, I love the material and the videos coming out of Elite 11 with Rashada and Emory Williams 
both being there, spending time together, bonding. Did you see that photo of where they put up the U together, Rashada with one hand, Emery Williams with the other hand? Uh, they both did some video interviews out there. They talked about how excited they are to play with one another, learn from each other, to learn from the veterans in Miami's quarterback room. Um, that doesn't look to me like either of them is looking to get out of this class, right? You know, we answered a question about it this week. Somebody asked us, hey, do you think, you know, two two big-time quarterback commits, is that is that too much? Is one of these guys going to decommit and leave the class? I already said no. And after watching the two of them interact with one another and talk about one another at Elite 11, I'm going to double down on that no. Neither of them is leaving this class. And also, the other thing about it is, with today's college football landscape, with how easy it is once you get to a certain school to transfer somewhere else, and I'm not saying I want this to happen, okay? But with how easy it is to do that, why not give it a shot to where you commit for a couple of years, see how it goes. And then if you do decide you're better off somewhere else, you cross that bridge when you get to it, right? Because like if I'm Emory Williams, if there's any concern that, hey, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to get on the field because I'm playing behind Jaden Rashada, uh, why not come into Miami? Your first year would likely be a redshirt year anyway for both of those guys who would be a redshirt year. Learn from Frank Ponce. Learn from Jake Garcia and Jakari Brown, who will be the veterans in that room. Experience that coaching for a while, and then you can make kind of a more educated decision on where you're at a year or two down the road after getting excellent coaching in the process. So that is the uh, Elite 11 update. I think it's really cool that Miami had a pair of Elite 11 finalists. It just goes to show you how much work they are putting in to recruiting the quarterback position. My friends, we got to have a conversation about what's going on in the overall landscape of college football. So the Big Ten is going to add USC and UCLA. Shockwaves are being sent through the college football world. They've essentially declared war on the SEC. The SEC, already a monster, and they're going to be adding Oklahoma and Texas. So... You know, and the Big Ten, I, I, I guess, does this throw that whole ACC alliance out the window? Because the Big Ten and the ACC were supposed to form like an alliance to try and survive against the SEC. I think the Big Ten just decided, you know, we can do a lot better by adding uh, two programs in the Los Angeles TV market. Because uh, there, there's that reported billion dollar TV deal for the Big Ten where the ACC's TV deal is like in the toilet. It's just really, really unfortunate, terrible, terrible TV deal. But no, this sends so many shockwaves, guys. And obviously, you know, th this is not a, a, a Pac-12 show, but the Pac-12 now, I'm not going to say they're in shambles, but losing two teams from the Los Angeles TV market and teams with history like those programs and with USC looking like they're about to be a major powerhouse again, that really hurts. Like the, the Pac-12 is on life support now, okay? And so now the SEC is getting a lot stronger and the Big Ten's getting a lot stronger. Is the ACC a sinking ship? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Leave us your comments. Uh, leave us your tweets at Locked on Canes. You follow us at Locked on Canes. We will follow you back, by the way. Is the ACC now a sinking ship? And do you think programs, big football programs in the ACC, like Miami, like Florida State, and of course Clemson, do they need to get out? 
do they need to get off that ship before it sinks? Because if the ACC is stuck with an inferior TV deal to the likes of the Big Ten and the SEC, and the Big Ten and the SEC, if they're adding so much top-tier talent in terms of new programs, that it really, we go from a power five to a power two in the matter of a couple of years. Is being in the ACC the right thing? Because I know some people might say, well, you know what? I'd like to stay in the ACC because it's going to be a lot easier to win the ACC than it would be to win the SEC or the Big Ten. Uh, so it's better for Miami to be in the ACC. I, I think that's short-sighted because if there are only going to be two conferences that matter and you're not in one of them, how much can you really grow? It would hurt you, theoretically, it would hurt you in recruiting. It would hurt you revenue-wise because if you're, you know, if, if programs in other conferences are getting big cuts of TV deals and you're not because you're not in one of the only two conferences that matter, you can't grow in that sort of a situation. So what do you think happens with the ACC? Is the ACC going to add programs to fight this? And there's not too many big fish left, guys. Like when you think about USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, Oklahoma, Texas going uh, to the SEC, it's like Notre Dame is obvious. Like Notre Dame is, you know, they're they're an ACC member in other sports, not in football. They did temporarily join the ACC football conference in the pandemic year in 2020. You, if the ACC wants to survive, I think they've got to pull in Notre Dame. They've got to try. They got to try to put in Notre Dame, and then like. Do you start to go after big programs that don't make any geographical sense whatsoever? Like, do you try to get Oregon? <laughs> do you try to get a team in the Pacific Northwest to come and play in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Like, what can you do? Uh, we threw out the bat signal. We got some really, really good tweets about this. I want to read from you guys who tweeted us at Locked on Canes here. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. So we did throw out a uh, a Twitter poll this morning on Locked on Canes. Let me pull up the results here, at least the results so far. You can still vote on this. It's not too late. Would you like to see the University of Miami stay in the ACC? That's option one. Join the SEC. That's number two. Or join the Big Ten. Because obviously, geography doesn't seem to matter anymore, right? When you're talking about UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten, you, know, you throw geography out the window, which is kind of a weird thing in itself because, you know, we tend to think first about football and basketball, which are the big sports, the revenue sports. Isn't it kind of weird that for UCLA and USC, non-revenue sports like the women's golf team, you know, the uh, – the diving and swimming teams that they're going to have to travel to the Midwest every week from California. That, that's weird. Like uh, that, that seems like a lot of strain to put on non-revenue sports, but it's all about the money guys. Money drives everything. So the three options, would you rather stay in the ACC, join the SEC or join the big 10? Uh, the leader in the clubhouse here, a uh, hundred votes so far, join the SEC at 62%. Stay in the ACC at 24% or join the Big Ten at 14%. Now, obviously, if you had the opportunity, you know, if the SEC just decides we want to like absorb more programs, like, like Job of the Hut, give us Clemson, give us Miami, give us Florida State, just feed me, feed me. And you would think the SEC, because a, a lot of the big teams in the SEC are in small media markets, like, uh, I don't know if Tuscaloosa, Alabama is a very big media market 
Baton Rouge, uh, you know, Athens, I guess Athens, Georgia is near enough to Atlanta, but they've got a lot of like small media markets. Don't you think the SEC would like to have the Miami media market in their conference? So most of you voted that you would like to join the SEC. Um, as far as joining the Big Ten, like, I guess, like, if you would do that, it would be, hey, if the SEC doesn't want us, maybe the Big Ten does. Because, again, that, that's a lot of travel. And you got to play so many of your games in, like, really frozen states. Like, oh, my God, we got to play in Ann Arbor in November or East Lansing in November or Columbus or Minnesota. <laughs> it's like, bro. Oh, I don't know if I want to play uh, play games in those stadiums or travel to those stadiums that time of year. It's tough. So here's some of the responses you guys gave me on social media. Rob Elliott writes, and I agree with him. He says, when Miami is truly winning again, I want it to be against the best. That's why he voted for the SEC. He says, I don't want to hear the Big East stunk or the ACC is soft. Uh, and I mean, we are as far southeast as you can get. So let's do this. So he talked about the geography and he talked about the top competition. Um, Smoke writes in ACC, don't rock with us like that. Let's dip. He said, it is funny when the ACC put out their new schedule format, kind of funny how they made sure to prioritize because Duke and Georgia Tech have a football rivalry where they've played each other every year for, you know, like, I don't know, since the seventies, like a bunch of decades. And so they made sure to keep that intact. Like, Oh, we've got to make sure to keep the great Duke and Georgia tech football rivalry. We have to maintain that. And then when they faced a question about, do we maintain the Virginia tech versus Miami rivalry? Nah, don't worry about that one. So they prioritize Duke football over Miami and Virginia Tech football. Makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, I'm not very happy with the ACC right now, to be honest. John Myers says, ha, go ahead and join the SEC. Unless we recruit top three, we won't ever win. But again, man, if the SEC turns into like a 2014 super conference, you're going to be competing against the best, which should make everyone better. And... It'll be so stacked. It'll be like the NFL. Like if you lose a couple games, you could still win a national title, right? It's like, you know, so I I, I just think the landscape, I would rather be part of a difficult monster conference than be like one of the only relevant teams in an irrelevant conference, if that makes any sense. Uh, Tuttle Army writes in, he says, I heard Kirk Herbstreet on with Mad Dog Unleashed yesterday. He says he predicts that Miami and Florida State will jump to one of the big two conferences. Okay? If Herbie's predicting it, who am I to question it? Uh, I, I wonder if he also said Clemson, because I'd be surprised if, uh, like, if, if Miami and Florida State were to leave the ACC, I, I don't think Clemson would just hang out there and be like, yeah, okay, we'll play against Duke and, uh, and Pittsburgh every year. It'll be fun. Like, I, I, I would imagine they would probably bolt as well. So huge one today. Thank you guys so much for taking part. Uh, so happy that Robert Stafford is a Miami Hurricane. Third four-star commit in five days. It's June, by the way. Well, it's July. It's July now. It's just he made his announcement in June. So three four-star commits in a five-day span in June. It is great to be a Miami Hurricane. And I think Mr. Stafford is going to become an excellent cornerback at the University of Miami. We will talk to you guys probably later today.
if not later today, early tomorrow. So keep it locked here to Locked On Canes. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper, who does an awesome job, and local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. We will talk to you guys again soon on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.